Hi, my name is Ainsley Michelson. Uh, my name is Aldonis Almonte. Hello, my name is Paige Azell. Um, What do you do as your job? So I am a certified athletic trainer, which is a complicated way of saying that I provide the healthcare services for athletes, including emergency management, treatment, and rehabilitation for athletes um, for various different injuries, whatever they come across, or any kind of modifications that need to be made during their athletic tenure. I'm Odinus Almonte. I am Mackenzie Fabian. I'm Cleo Hercules. I'm Harry Hu. I'm Avian Josephs. I'm Ainsley Michelson. I'm Janai Odie. I'm Esther Alojo. I'm Nathaniel Padilla. I'm Jingyao Wen. I'm Will Johnson, and this is Access Science. So, like, what kinds of athletes do you see, and, like, how many athletes would you normally see per day? Per day, I typically see about 50 or so athletes. I'm currently working um, at a public high school in Delaware, um, but I've worked with athletes um, ranging from collegiate athletes to high school athletes to recreation athletes, all up to professional level athletes. So I've kind of seen a wide range of different levels of competition as well as different levels of injuries and just whatever they need, we've got it taken care of. Um, what's the most common injury that you see among athletes? I'd say it kind of varies from sport to sport and along with demographics. Like for a more elite athlete, you're typically not going to see shin splints or issues like that as much, but in the younger populations and high school or more recreational athletes, that's one that you're going to see more commonly. But I'd say across the board, um, the big ones that we typically see would be lateral ankle sprains, any kind of muscular strain um, injury, as well as tendonitis and then concussions. So uh, we're on the subject of concussions. Uh, this podcast will mainly be about, like, what is a concussion and, like, after several multiple concussions throughout an uh, athlete's career, you get that progresses into CTE. So what would you say is, like, a concussion, and how would you find out if, like, an athlete has a concussion or not? So the definition for concussion, I believe, is the – um, complex pathophysiological um, issue in the brain resulting from a, a resulting from a biomechanical force. Um, that's a way of saying that concussions can have various different causes and they can present themselves in various different ways. There is not a specific thing that says if you hit your head this hard you will have this concussion. It is very much a this is how your body responds to forces put upon it whether by hitting your head or your body sustaining any kind of force that causes your head to jerk or turn or have any kind of force that it's not accurately prepared for. And as far as concussion evaluations go, um, it is a multifaceted approach to it because, as I said, concussions don't always present themselves in one way. There's a saying in the athletic training and healthcare community, if you've seen one concussion, you've seen one concussion. This pretty much is just a way of summing up that each athlete is going to respond to concussions very differently. They're going to present with different symptoms and have different difficulties. So each concussion needs to be treated as its own entity because you have to really modify whatever you're doing to fit the specific needs of that individual. And these symptoms can be anything from the phys physiological symptoms as far as like headache, dizziness, sick in your stomach, to difficulty concentrating or remembering things, or just general mood swings occurring throughout the day. And even sometimes it can um, progress into balance problems depending on um, what structures are being um, damaged at that time.
Um, we all know that, like, from what I've seen, because um, my family's very athletic. Where I come from, a very athletic family. Um, my dad played football. My uncles played soccer, football, and different types of sport. Um, and what I've seen is that CTE always comes after a big, like a pro f- pro football player who has just gotten out of the NFL um, kills himself, and they see that he has CTE. Is there any way people could get figure out if somebody has CTE early? Is there any way there there is there like a process that we can figure out if a football player or another athlete has CTE? That's a great question, and I think that if you could figure out the answer to that, the healthcare system would thank you greatly. Um, at this time, though, there is a lot of research going into any kind of precursors that we can look for with conditions like CTE, but that right now there is not one defining thing that we can see, especially because concussions typically don't even show up on any kind of imaging just due to the kind of injury that they are. So if you have an MRI or a CT scan, you won't necessarily see the structural damage caused by a concussion just because of the level that um, the level that those are on. So one of the big questions right now in the healthcare field is what can we look for in athletes or even any kind of average person that has sustained multiple concussions for whatever reasons? Like what can we look for so we can identify these people to be potential candidates to have CTE? Um, As of now, there is nothing definitive that we are seeing, but there has been um, studies done looking at the amount of concussions or the forces of concussions and Um, what their resultant factor would be as far as CTE. And unfortunately, we can't even see CTE until somebody has passed away and they're able to take samples from their brain. So trying to find something to identify that before that would be one of the big big challenges facing healthcare system right now. Um, Can you, because I I know a lot of people don't know what CTE is, Um, is there a way you can explain it so people will understand it and kind of make sure that they have this information in mind because a lot of people know about concussions. Um, A lot of athletes are informed about concussions, but is there any way we can inform um, athletes and families and just um, like our viewers to understand CTE? So CTE... The best way to explain it as of now would be the presence of proteins in the brain that will change the way that the brain is functioning. And this could be changing the brain in a number of ways, whether it be from, you know, an early onset of um, dementia or um, changes in mental health as far as depression or anxiety or just general functioning of the brain, whether it be not being able to complete your daily Um, activities of life without some difficulty because you're having trouble remembering what you're supposed to do or your body is not quite connecting with what your brain wants it to do. Um, So that's kind of the general way to describe it as of now and as I said earlier it's always evolving and we're learning more and more about it every day Um, but it really is a result of the irregularities and the different proteins in the brain that will affect how everything is functioning. So As you mentioned before, CTE can have several causes. Uh, Now, I want to talk about the awareness of CTE because, again, this is like a new issue that has been talked about the past couple years. So what do you think the awareness is? Do you think more people should be aware or are we at the top of our game in terms of finding out 
are learning about CTE and what it is and what people know about it? I think just from my standpoint that I would say that people are becoming more aware, but I wouldn't say that we're quite at the top of the game yet. I think that that's still going to be a process. And as we have more information to provide the public about what CT is and what the potential outcomes could be, the more that people are going to fully understand what it is. So the more that the healthcare industry understands, the more that the public will be able to understand. And this could be anything from, you know, as children are getting into sports, they are now made aware of, you know, the potential for having X, Y, and Z injuries, whatever the injuries may be, including concussions. And that's something that could be integrated for the parents or guardians to be aware of, say, you know, if we have sustained this many concussions or if we have this kind of concussion symptoms, this could be a precursor for CTE. And then the parents would have more of an understanding and the, the child will understand that more throughout their life. Um, I, I would say that as with many things, the more professional athletes are coming forward about this and the more that they're making it aware for the public and the more that we see it affecting athletes that you know the general public tends to idolize in many ways, that's when the public starts to care more and that's how the healthcare industry is going to have more of a foothold on being able to provide the potential information that people need to know. Um, so a lot of people who do have mental illnesses um, seizures, something like that. Is there any way that um, if they do happen to have a seizure and they do fall down and hit their head and they do this numerous times, and then could it have be possible that they could have CTE um, when they pass away, or is there like any way they could get a form of CTE with um, you know falling on the ground and hitting their head numerous times because of their condition? Um, I'd say it's definitely possible. You know, working in the healthcare field, anything is possible, but it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that anyone that's sustaining these kind of head injuries or anyone that has an existing condition that's going to change the functioning of their brain could be more susceptible to um, an illness like CTE. So it's completely within the realm of possibility, and I think that is something that is worth looking more into as people find more and more information about not only concussions, but how their relationship to CTE exists. So, like, we know that, like, many, you know, many kids play many different sports at a young age, and, like, with me, I used to play a lot of sports at a young age before coming here, and I still play sports now, but what I used to do, I used to hit my head a lot as a kid and uh, go always go to the nurse's office. That's, like, my, my second home besides, like, a, a normal classroom in the school. So, like, is there really an age requirement or age limit as to what CTE can progress to? Can you see like a, uh, maybe a young adult with some form of CTE? Because what, what I've known uh, from before is that we've seen many uh, retired NFL players, retired people and over their 40s that have been aware, uh, addressed with CTE. So that's my question. I would say that I'm honestly not so sure what the uh, the age would be for it to appear. Um, in relation to head injuries, most children are going to sustain their head injuries in their teenage years just because at that point in time your body is so focused on developing other things um, in your transition to being an adult that it doesn't always regenerate um, injury and illness the same way as like an adult brain would. So uh, I think that at that point it's a question of how many... Um, injuries to your head have you sustained and what type of injuries were they and what has been affected and that would be something to look forward to um, 
and see how it will affect you throughout your life. Um, I would say that you might not have a cutoff date of I was diagnosed or I realized that I had CTE at this age or like whoever is doing you know any kind of research on your brain if you have passed away I don't know if they'd be able to say that this is the exact date or age that you sustained this or this became um, a part of your life but I think that the more we learn the more that we are going to understand how things that we are doing in our childhood and um, injuries that we sustain there are going to progress into um, changing our adult life and then potentially developing into other things um, so the question I have is that I did rowing for three over three years um and one of the ways we sometimes get injured is that we get hit in the face with an oar um and that kind of like that jerks us back is there any way that a rower could get um because we do get concussions sometimes um even though we're a very conscious sport um is there any way that a rower could get cte after um when people are going through their brain is it possible that they could get CTE I'd say that that's definitely possible especially I've worked with rowers before and I've seen some some pretty bad concussions that they've sustained through um, multiple multiple facets of their sport um, and any time that you're dealing with a head injury to the degree of a concussion you also have to consider any kind of subconcussive forces so that's something that we classify as um, it, a force on your head or causes your head to move that doesn't necessarily result in a concussion, but it still could be some damaging factor on the inside. So the way I kind of explain it is, you know, if you get a paper cut on your arm, you'll have a paper cut and you'll be able to function throughout your day and you're not really going to think about it that much. That is what we would equate to, I guess, the um, physical aspect of like a subconcussive force where it's not you have a whole slash in your arm, your arm is getting cut off. But if you have a bunch of little paper cuts, that's going to add up and that's going to cause discomfort. So um, especially in rowing, we've, um, we've definitely seen a few things that result in concussions and some things that are questionable as subconcussive forces. So in a sport like that or any sport where you might not necessarily think of it as contact where you're like okay how many subconcussive forces is this person experiencing on top of any concussion possibility they have so i'd say it's definitely uh it's definitely possible because you know you're experiencing the same things that a contact athlete would have if they have their concussion it's just yours is through a different um, mechanism than another person hitting you or you hitting your head um, like on the ground after a hit you're still hitting your head still sustaining that injury now, I do want to bring up an example that came off the top of my head. Uh, there's a former football player from the NFL named Aaron Hernandez, and basically he had committed, after his career or after a season had ended, he had committed a murder, which he was sentenced for life in prison. And then in prison, he had committed suicide. And so his brain was actually eventually investigated and found out he had like a very bad form of CTE. So there's a huge debate of whether or not we, we should use CT as an excuse for the actions that he has done in the past. Now, my question to you is, is CT an excuse for some actions that people have done, like commit a murder or something that something that's out of the ordinary? I would say just because I'm not in the judicial system, I probably am not the most qualified to answer that question. But I do think that as we learn more about CTE and kind of the precursors to it and what we witness 
um, while the person is still living as far as their symptoms. The more we learn about it, the more that it has the potential to be classified um, as a specific type of mental illness whenever they, um, whenever they learn more about it and decide what classification it fits best. And I think that might be um, something that in the future could end up in the court of law as um, a potential factor in certain things. And whether that's going to be, you know, meaning somebody is guilty or meaning somebody is innocent, it could be, it could be a, a big factor going forward. So like, so you were just saying is that like CT is still like in the process of being what, what it decided and what it is, and we still have a lot more to learn about it. Absolutely, I'd say even with concussions, there are conferences, you know, every week, every month, every year across the world about people learning more and trying to develop the best, the best care going forward as far as concussions and how to identify them and what the best treatment plans are. Um, even with ankle sprains, something that people consider a very routine injury in the healthcare field, there's still so much research getting put into them about how to prevent them, how to examine them more thoroughly, and how to provide the best care. And things like that, you know, even that we think we have a good stronghold on right now, they're developing every day, and CTE is is no um, exception. no exception to that. Yeah. Um, so each day you're learning more and more, and people are putting more and more energy and time into researching this, and each day we're coming out with new answers. Thank you. Because um, me as an athlete, it's always nice to hear somebody explain a lot of things, because especially with rowing and other sports that I have done um, that haven't been so contact sports. Um, it's nice to know that even though we're getting, we have another force of like concussions or sub-concussions, it's nice to know that even though some of us who don't play contact sports can end up with these concussions and CTE, so it's nice to know that it's not just one sport or just contact sports it's every sport and everybody needs to know that like you need to be on top of your game and make sure that you're not injuring yourself or getting injured and making sure you take the right steps towards it and I don't think it's just like sports in general that cause like this certain types of injuries there are many jobs out there that are dangerous like maybe say construction for example and many other jobs that can cause these concussions and eventually multiple and repeated concussions and just head trauma in general can lead up to CTE. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for coming to our podcast today. And thank you both for having me. Next time on Access Science. We got a physical therapist who comes to talk to us about pitcher's arms, which is something that I get concerned about sometimes, mainly because I love to pitch and play baseball. I'm Megan Osanich. I'm a doctor of physical therapy. Being a physical therapist is great. We get to spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with our clients, and we really get to be a big proponent in either the injury prevention or rehab process. This episode will be about pitching injuries and UCL tears, and the surgeries to fix them. Access Science is a production of the Principles of Science and Engineering class at West Nottingham Academy. Main theme composed by Ethan Collis. West Nottingham would like to thank Armstrong Cable for the generous donation of our podcasting equipment.